If you could describe the values of your life in three words, what would they be? The three values that that guide everything that you do in your life. For some of us, those values might have to do with coffee and chocolate, sitting on a beach. Those could be values of your life. For others, the values of your life might be related to faith, family, community service. For John Wesley, who was the British founder of of Methodism in the 1700s, the three words on the front of your bulletin were his life values. Everything he did, everything that he was, was guided by these three words. Believe, love, and obey. These words were so important to him that he placed them on his own monogram. You can see it there. You all know what a monogram is. It's like a personalized logo that clearly identifies a a person or a group. In the early church, the Greek letters key and row, the first two letters of the word for Christ, were placed together to form the first Christian symbol. Wesley's monogram includes his initials. So you can see him there, the J and the W along with these three words. These words were so important to Wesley that he had this image printed on the Methodist class meeting tickets. Now, let me explain, explain what that means. The Methodist class meeting was the origin of, really, our modern Sunday school class. But instead of studying a book of the Bible or going through a, a published book, these class meetings were all about accountability. What's the state of your soul? How are you growing in your walk with Christ? People were really connected with each other. There's a lot of accountability. And the ticket that he printed up was basically a, a membership card for Methodists. If you held a Methodist class meeting ticket, that acknowledged that you were worthy because of your life and your practice, you were worthy of being called a Methodist. So those tickets were, were, were important. You know, Wesley's monogram has been pretty much forgotten and lost today. Anybody ever seen this before now? Yeah, I, I even contacted a Wesley scholar and he had never seen it. I say, finally, I've got one up on him. But it's really important. These words were so important to the early Methodists that I thought that since we're in a new year, I wanted us to go back to the start and spend three weeks taking a look at these three words. And my prayer and hope is that all of us will live lives worthy of being called a Methodist as Wesley understood it. See, he based Methodism on the beliefs, the lives, and the practices of the earliest Christians He didn't want to reform the modern church. He said, no, let's go back to those earliest Christians, the first and second generations of Christians. That's how we need to live because they changed the world. And that's what he wanted Methodists to be. And these three words, believe, love, and obey, are actually found in our scripture passage today, verses 23 and 24. Now, if you don't typically bring your Bible to worship on Sundays, 
If you don't have a, a, a New Year's resolution, that would be a good one. I mean, you, you show up to class, you bring your textbook. You come to worship, bring your life textbook. That'd be a great thing to do. So if you have them, turn with me as we look through uh, this, this amazing uh, and important passage of Scripture together. Let's start with verse 21, because I think that this whole thought of believe, love, and obey begins here. This is what um, John writes, and then the author of this letter was John, Jesus' disciple, who wrote the Gospel of John. It's the same guy, only he's a really old man when he, when he wrote this letter. And this is what he writes. He says, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have boldness before God. And we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. We need to pay attention here. This is important. See, I've known so many people who wonder why their lives are a complete mess even after they've prayed to God to help them. See, our hearts condemn us when we're living with hidden sins in our lives or when we're living in a way that God says isn't good for us. When we live without these hidden sins in our lives, then we stand before him and our hearts don't condemn us. We can stand before God with boldness and God will bless us because our lives are pleasing to God. God doesn't bless sin. He blesses faithfulness. Now, we can't live a blameless life on our own. None of us are that good. But it's possible because of Jesus and what he does in our lives. So look at verse 23. Verse 23 says this, And this is his commandment. Okay, we're supposed to do what God says, right? Follow God's command. This is what God tells us to do. That we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Let's stop right there. We need to pay attention here because believing in the name of Jesus is different than believing in Jesus. Let's think about this for a second. To believe in Jesus is to believe in Jesus' message. But to believe in the name of Jesus is to believe in the core of who Jesus is and what Jesus represents. And who is Jesus? Who is this name that we're supposed to believe in? Well, he's almighty. He's all-powerful. He's the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. He's the Redeemer of our souls. He's the mediator between ourselves and God. He's the Lord of our lives. He's the only way to heaven. That's what it means to believe in the name of Jesus. This is why Wesley begins with the word believe. You see, if we don't know who Jesus is, we can't love him. And if we can't love him, then we can't obey him. I've known many really very good-intentioned people who have a misunderstanding of who God is. They think God is just controlling, or he's out to get us. Or some think God is like a Santa Claus. He's just there to give us whatever we ask for. Some believe that God is just 
equal with all the other gods in the world. No, Scripture says he's the only God. But they have a misunderstanding. You know, it's important when we, when we know someone to know truly who they are. I, I, I got to tell you, I am so thankful that my years of dating are way behind me. See, I was not a very good person to date. I was so awkward and geeky. Well, I still am. But I wouldn't even ask a girl out. I'd be like, mm-hmm. And she'd be like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then, on the date, I wouldn't know what to say because I was scared I'd mess up. Thankfully, Cheryl's Italian side came out and she kind of took over. But think about the whole dating process. When you date somebody, you spend time getting to know that person, don't you? Hoping that the person you're dating is showing you who they really are and not just showing off to try to impress you. And then when you really get to know them, you realize if you're ready to spend the rest of your life with them. I think that's why God, in his wisdom, God is so smart. Listen, y'all, God is so smart. In his wisdom, God has told us, he said the most intimate aspects of our relationship should be saved for marriage because all that does is cloud our ability to really get to know somebody. Now, when people start a relationship with God, it's important that they understand who it is that they're giving their life to. If we misunderstand who God is, it can drive us away from God. And that's the last thing God wants. He doesn't want to drive us away from himself. He wants to draw us to himself. See, to believe in the name of Jesus, as John writes this, is to understand who God is. And because we know who God is, we understand how God wants us to live. Now, let's be clear about something. I want you all to listen to me. As my mom tells me, what does she tell me? Give me eye contact. She still tells me that. Belief in God is not an opinion. Did you hear that? It's not an opinion. When I say, I believe that the iPhone is superior to an Android phone, don't throw vegetables, I'm stating an opinion, even though I say it's a belief. To believe is to know something as true. To believe that Jesus physically rose from the dead is a foundational aspect of Christian faith. Believing the the physical resurrection of Jesus is what separates Christians from those of other faiths. See, Jesus' own disciples had no doubt whatsoever that Jesus came back from the dead. No doubt. They believed it so strongly that they gave up their lives defending that belief. Now, when it comes to opinions, there's lots of opinions in the church today. That worship service is too long. That's an opinion, because some people might want it to go on all afternoon. How about this opinion? Boy, that preacher's sermon was too short. I haven't heard that one yet. But that's an opinion. 
Another opinion. Well, the Bible doesn't mention an organ in worship, but it should. That's an opinion. It's not a belief. Believing in the name of Jesus is not asserting an opinion. It's stating a fact that for you is unquestioned truth. See, Wesley begins with the word believe because the state of our souls is the most important aspect of our lives. I mean, all that this world has to offer is going to be gone soon enough. It's all going to be gone. But our souls live forever. Jesus made a way for us to live forever with him in heaven. That's the most important value in our life, is what we believe. Nothing's more important than that. Nothing should be more important than that to us. And what we believe about God isn't based on our opinion of who God is. It's based on the reality of who God is. Most of you know that I, I teach part-time at Asbury Seminary. A few years ago, I was, I was teaching, I was, I was co-teaching a class called Vocation of Ministry. It's an entry-level class for brand-new students about what it means to live the life of a pastor. Well, one afternoon, I received an email from the dean of that school asking to meet with me. It seems that a student complained that, get this, I was uncaring. Oh, look at this face. Is that uncaring? I was uncaring. And that I was only teaching the class for the money. Now, the student obviously didn't know what I was getting paid for this class because it wasn't much. Well, I was shocked by this. I mean, when I teach, I pray for my students by name every morning. I meet with them over coffee. I talk with them about issues raised in class, about anything else that's going on in their lives. I couldn't believe why this student would think that I was uncaring. Well, what I discovered was that because I gave her a B on a paper and wouldn't change the grade after she talked to me about it, she thought I didn't care. See, she only focused on one aspect of my relationship with her. Well, she didn't know that I prayed for her every morning, and she didn't know that I really thought her paper deserved a C, but I gave her a B anyway. What I'm trying to get at is, let's not form an opinion about God based on just one experience with him. See, the nature of who God is can't be rationalized. We can't figure out God. Who God is is beyond what our human minds can even come close to comprehending. God is who he is. We can change our opinion of who we think God is, but that doesn't change the reality of who God is. And who is God? Well, the Bible's very clear. The Bible says that God is love. That's who God is. And when we come to understand that everything that God does is based on his love for us, it changes our view of God. Think about that. Everything God does for you 
is based on his love for you. And it doesn't matter if you know who God is or not. He still loves you. I mean, when we affirm the Apostles' Creed, like we did just a a little bit earlier, think about how we begin it. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. We don't say, in my opinion, God is God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Because it's not an opinion. To believe is to know at something in the core of our being. And when we believe that God is who he is, it drives us out of ourselves, out of the selfishness of our lives, when we truly understand that God is love, and it drives us from ourselves into the lives of other people. And that's the second word. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. Love. So I hope you'll come back because this sermon's not over. It's just press the pause button. Let's pray.